Hey, Overcomer. I'm in a bit of a transition right now. I'm sure you know what that's like, right? Our lives are full of transitions, some that feel good and some that feel bad. But even in the good ones, there can be lots of grief and other unwanted emotions that come up. Those feelings get all mixed together with the joy, relief, or optimism that we're experiencing as a part of the goodness. Right now, I'm finding myself in a transition period that feels good overall, but quite honestly, I'm just exhausted. (laughs) And one thing that my heart is feeling extra drawn to in this season is my practice of art making. This summer, I'm easing into a new routine where I'm making more time for art and also more time to connect with you. And today I wanna share about a series of three paintings I started recently. And I'll also reflect on how important it is for me to continue sharing my artwork with you and why you should be sharing your art with others too. Now I promise it's not as scary as it sounds, stick with me. Welcome to Art That Overcomes, where we are redefining our identity after narcissistic abuse. My name is Jennifer and I'm an artist, licensed art therapist and coach who helps women like you overcome the lasting effects of narcissistic abuse. It's the anxiety, self-doubt and lack of confidence that can keep us stuck even long after the abusive relationship has ended. Together, we are redefining our identities one drawing or painting at a time because it's your turn to take charge now, no narcissists allowed. Several weeks ago, I decided that I wanted to start a new series of artwork. I wanted to focus on creating some large finished pieces of work on canvas, art made with the intention of displaying in a gallery exhibit at some point. Now this might sound like not that odd coming from an artist, but let me explain why this is a bit out of the ordinary for me. So for quite a while now, I've been pretty solely focused on creating art that won't be sold or hung in a gallery. Now sure, I have ended up selling some of some of the pieces I've made over the past several years, but they weren't created with that outcome in mind. And that's what I talk about a lot here on the podcast, right? This process of spontaneous art making followed by the free association writing in response to the image. And it's about me or it's about you if you're joining me in this practice. It's about processing our emotions, process over product. No end result in mind when we're creating. We go with the flow. We practice trusting our gut, our instinct. This is a form of art that anyone can create, no need for specialized training, and you don't even need fancy materials. I always say crayons and white copy paper will suffice if that's all you have. And I love creating art this way. I talk a lot about how my jumbo Crayola crayons are one of my favorite drawing tools, but I'm also trained as a professional artist. I have a Bachelor of Fine Arts degree with a specific emphasis in painting, but I actually consider myself to be more of a drawer. And I, and I often tend to incorporate both drawing and painting together in the same piece. And in my career as an art therapist, I went on to get my master's degree in counseling and art therapy. You know, as an art therapist, I felt pulled between a few different worlds, if you will, the fine art world, the therapy world, the art therapy world, And now for the past few years, I've added the online coaching world to this list. (laughs) I often feel that I don't fully fit into any one box. And that's okay. 
you know, it's, it's frustrating at times, but mostly I find that I'm just in this constant state of trying to decide how I want to configure my unique world to fit me. And, you know, this shifts and changes over time. I'm, you know, moving more and more into my identity, my vision for how I want my career to look and the rest of my life. The ways that I most enjoy creating things, the way I prefer to interact with you and with my clients. And a constant theme that I keep feeling pulled back to right now is my identity as an artist, first and foremost. You know, when I think about my unique identity and what defines me as a person, the top four aspects that come to mind are, in this order... Number one, my faith is a Christian, so I am God's child and my entire universe revolves around and is informed by my relationship with God. Two, I am an artist. I thrive when I'm creating new things, whether that's a painting, a new book I'm actually finishing up writing right now, which you'll hear more about soon, or, you know, something like decorating my house. Whatever it is, I must create. Three, I love nature. I need regular time outside in God's creation to feel most like myself. And it's really both the time in nature and the time making art that help me feel most connected to my number one source of identity, God. And then number four, I'm a mother. My daughter consumes so much of my heart. And as many of you who are parents understand, the love that I have for my daughter is like nothing else I've experienced. And my identity has been forever changed because of her. Still, I did not place her role in my life as number one or even two or three because my identity existed in numbers in the areas of numbers one, two, and three for 32 years before motherhood became an added role. Now I challenge you, overcomer, can you name the top three to four aspects of your identity? The things that you experience or value that make you uniquely who you are. You know, think about the activities that make you feel alive and connected to you. It's easy to point to our relationships with others as our purpose and soul identity, especially if you're a parent. And that's important, but who are you apart from those roles? As I said, I've been feeling more of a pull to direct my attention at my role as an artist. So several weeks ago, I began a new series of paintings. I decided to use three fairly large canvases that I already had. I had begun painting on them a few years ago, but hadn't finished them. And it finally felt like, like it was just time to move on and paint something new on these same canvases. And that's how I tend to operate with my work. I don't, I don't necessarily hang on to an older piece of art. If I feel like it's finished, then I'll paint over it. Now with these, the original paintings that I would started in 2020, they had been focused on an exploration of how I, as a white woman, related to the emotions that I was observing and hearing expressed in my church community from minorities and specifically from black men. I heard themes of anger, anxiety or fear, and also a sense of feeling numb and not really even being able to process all that was going on at that time. Those three emotions were represented on each of the three canvases. And in the end, those images I created three years ago turned out after much thought, you know, I realized they turned out to be the kind of art that was just for me, right? The stuff that was just about my process, a way for me to process my own emotions and perspectives. I didn't need to exhibit those pieces or share those with others, just like much of the art I create. 
However, as I decided to paint over them and start something new, it, you know, it was emotional for me. I didn't, I didn't want to let go of it without really thinking it through. And so it was important to me that I honor the themes and meanings that were initially represented there on those canvases. And I trusted that I'd know when the right time to paint over them had come and what the right themes would be. Then one day it hit me, like I said, several weeks ago, I decided to start painting on them again. And this was all prompted by a conversation that I had where I was talking to someone about my experience with emotional abuse. And I had this sense that they didn't fully believe me. You know what I mean? It's a horrible feeling that you may be able to relate to. And that day, as I processed my emotions after the conversation, I posted on social media a meme that I had made that simply said, I believe you in capital letters. That was my declaration to my community, to you, that I believe your story of abuse. No matter what, I validate your experience. It was the message that I needed to hear that day too. And actually one of you even commented on one of those posts, I believe it was on Instagram, and you said, I believe you too, which meant so much to me, you know, more than, than you even knew at the time. Then before I was able to really articulate the emotions I had around that experience of not being believed, I took to my canvases. First, I painted with black and white, covering up the original images that were there, but also allowing their shapes to sort of inform the marks that I was making with my paintbrush. Then once that layer had dried, I came back another day and I began adding color, orange, yellow, and light blue to one canvas then light blue teal and navy blue to another, and red, black, and yellow to the third one. For some reason, I chose not to sit down and engage in my free association writing in response to these paintings at that time, and I, and I still haven't done it to this date, not yet. They're very much still in progress. And honestly, you know, I think that maybe part of why I haven't taken the time and focus to do the writing yet is that the emotions feel so big. You know, I'm just, I'm just not ready. Now that might be avoidance or just it's not the right time. I don't know. However, I did do a little bit of writing in the form of a social media post I made once I had started adding the colors that I just described. And while it might sound silly, the simple act of taking like just two to three minutes to compose that short post with a photo of the paintings, you know, it did actually help me sort through what emotions I was actually feeling. It helped me to, um, to just give some, some name to what was going on there in that work. And without identifying really like which painting represented which specific emotion, I wrote in that post about feelings of isolation, anxiety, and rage in response to others not believing my story of abuse. And this is, this is what I said in the post. It read, paintings in progress. I'm having a lot of fun with these so far and can't wait to get into the details and start reining in all the chaos and emotion. The motivation for these large pieces came out of the feeling that others do not understand or believe my experience with emotional abuse. It's a feeling of isolation, anxiety, and rage that so many survivors of narcissistic abuse are unfortunately familiar with. For now, I'm calling these the I Believe You series. Now, it was only after writing this and looking back at the photo that I'd taken of the paintings that I realized the three emotions I'd named really correlated with the colors and marks I'd made on the canvases. 
The first one felt like isolation, the second like anxiety, and the third like rage. What's more, I realized, and this maybe came much later, but I realized that I'd subconsciously assigned these emotions to the canvases whose previous themes matched these emotions. So I described that one of the original paintings expressed like a feeling of numbness and difficulty processing emotion. That's the canvas that became my isolation painting. The anxiety and fear image um, uh, from the initial painting became my anxiety painting. And the anger themed canvas became my rage. Now I'm still working on the paintings and have actually moved on to a fourth larger painting as I continue to think about this initial series of three. It usually helps me to work on multiple pieces at once. And I'll return to those three soon and I plan to share more with you once they're complete. But let's 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 move on here. Um, so way before, I wanna talk about like what it, what I said in the intro here about the importance of sharing our artwork with others, just like I'm doing here now, even with a series that's not finished and I don't have it fully worked out, but it's important for me to share, whether it was in that social media post or here now with you on the podcast. And so way before I started this podcast where I share my artwork very honestly and vulnerably with you, I'd gotten in the habit of sharing my work on Instagram like I did with these, these pieces, the post I just read to you. So when I first started using this whole art and writing process to make sense of my feelings right after the abuse, this has been now, um, gosh, seven, eight years ago at the time of this recording. You know, at that time, I would often share my works in progress on, on Instagram and sometimes with quotes from my writing and not really with any other explanation of what was going on. I just needed to put it out there. I wasn't saying, oh, this is the process I'm using and this is my writing. I would just, I would just type it. And sometimes it was a sentence or a word. Sometimes it was, you know, the max character limit on Instagram. And I, on one post, I remember I even went into the comments to finish it because on that day it was important for me to share all the writing. Um, you know, and I just, I needed to put it out there. I needed for someone to witness my work, my progress, my process, my emotions, my triumphs, and my fears. This experience of witnessing, witnessing each other's process as manifested through the artwork is an integral part of what I teach in the redefined process as well. You know, it's hard I know it's hard to be vulnerable and share this kind of thing real and unfiltered, but there are others out there who get it. You know, they understand, we understand, I understand. Who do you have in your corner overcomer? Like who is lovingly and compassionately witnessing your process of growth, change and healing? It might be a therapist, a friend, a family member. Who can testify to the fact that you are showing up for yourself each and every day and doing this work, even on the hard and ugly days and on the beautiful ones as well? You know, we all need this. We all need community and we all need to practice standing firm in our truth, to practice owning our thoughts and emotions in whatever fragmented state they may be in today. There's still power in that. There's confidence, so much bravery. I hope you're able to experience this with someone in your life. And if not, or if you need more support specifically from women who have gone through this before, I definitely invite you to join the Redefine process where I will gently, gently challenge you to do this on a regular basis to share. 
The door is always open and there's definitely no artistic experience or expertise required. If you'd like to view the images of the series of paintings, as I said, that are in progress that I've talked about today, head on over to the Art That Overcomes Instagram page. Or if you're on my email list, just go check your inbox. You should have already received an email with the images in it um, on the day that this episode aired. If you'd like to sign up for my weekly email or find all the other important links you need to learn about the work I do, then go to the link in the podcast description. Now, before we move on to imagine what message your future self might have for you today, I want to let you know how you can join me in this process of using art to redefine your identity. The Redefine process is an online group coaching program where I teach you the same art and writing technique that has been so life-changing in my own recovery. It's how we connect our thinking brain and our feeling brain and access the thoughts, feelings, and limiting beliefs that need to be heard. The Redefine process is included in my monthly Redefine membership along with much more. You're also going to get access to live coaching calls, community chat with other overcomers just like you, the option to schedule one-on-one coaching sessions with me if you need more support, and several additional courses too. Just search for Redefined by Jennifer Kramer in your app store or go to the link in the podcast description to view the web-based version. I can't wait to see you there. A message from your future self. What fears hold you back? What keeps you from spreading your arms open wide, taking in all that this life has to offer? What keeps your fists clenched and your heart cold to the possibility of newness and growth? Where do you go when there's nowhere else to turn? I want to remind you that all the guidance you need is here with you now. All the discernment and knowledge I have is right here for the taking. But I need you to look up, to open, to let some things in, and to release some things out. I am calling you to let go of the control you cling to and the fear that keeps you stuck. I am asking that you allow love and warmth and acceptance into your arms. Where will you go? The answer to that question is not as important as this. Trust me. Trust yourself. You can believe your own words, your own heart, your own mind. Make one move forward, an open hand, a tiny step, an upward gaze. Then listen. I'll guide you to your next move. Thanks for listening. I hope you found this episode helpful. If you're looking for more, then I invite you to connect with me on a deeper level. Just head down to the link in the podcast description to schedule a free 15-minute coaching session with me. That's right. It's free. No strings attached. You can also check out the Redefine Coaching app and so much more at the link below. I'll see you next week. And until then, remember, you are an overcomer.